Hello and welcome to the Law Firm Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Griffiths, Executive Director with the International Lawyers Network. Our guest this week is one of our returning guests, Brenda Mpanga from BNM Advocates in Kampala, Uganda. Brenda, welcome back. We're so happy to have you back with us. And oh. uh, thanks for joining us again. Um, for those People who are, are those of our listeners who haven't um, had the pleasure of listening to your last podcast, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and your practice? Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you very much for having me. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are best. I'm very happy to be here. Um, it's afternoon in Kampala, uh, bright and sunny. Uh, we thank God for that. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, about me, my name is Brenda Mpanga, like Lindsay has said. I am a, the founder and managing partner, uh, b Advocates, um, female-led and largely female law practice based in the heart of Kampala. We serve corporate clients, uh, both within Uganda, uh, Africa, and the rest of the world. Um, we are happy to be here. We've been in the Ugandan market for seven years now. That's right. You just celebrated an anniversary on the 1st of March, right? Yes, yes. We are happy to have been in the market for that period of time. As you know, uh, perhaps you could know that very many businesses that start up, especially in Africa, don't live beyond their third year. So we are happy that, you know, we 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 we, we are not part of that statistic um, and happy to be moving forward, growing and hoping for bigger and better things. Congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, what, given that, what would you say is your biggest challenge at the moment and uh, how are you working to overcome that? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest challenges, and I believe it's a challenge that every lawyer in practice faces, is business development, growing the client base. Um, that is something that no one tells you about at law school. And then you start up this business and it is the largest part of the work that you are supposed to do. It is, there's no science to it. There's no book that will teach you how to do it, but you need to set apart time to do that. So that is one of our biggest challenges. Um, and I think uh, being where we are currently in Uganda, the economy is not helping. Uh, we, we had, um, last year we had uh, an Ebola outbreak and inflation, I think, in Q2, Q1, Q2, and part of Q3. So all those things lumped up together do not help the fact that you're trying to, you know, to look this for this client, to grow your client um, portfolio. So it, that's one of the biggest challenges that we're currently facing. Yeah, absolutely. That's that is yeah. a real challenge. So yeah. how are you how are you working on on facing that? Yeah. Um Again, like I've said, there's no science to business development. You just need to be deliberate about it. And what I have done as managing partner is to structure my time, uh, my week. I must make sure that 50% of that time is set apart for business development. I have also encouraged the team. We, we, we've come up with a reward and recognition policy where if you are involved in business development and there are fruits therein, uh, you will be rewarded and recognized for that. I think that has helped a lot. That has helped. Internally, we are doing that. Then externally, of course, we are happy to be part of um, the ILN family. Uh, I believe that that move, one of all, first of all, has increased our credibility. Our brand has improved uh, visibility. The fact that we are, a, we are part of a family of... Um, lawyers spread all over the globe where we can be able to tap into um, a legal skill that we may not have in-house. This is very useful in terms of being able to have the potential and ability to engage uh, even with clients with whom we don't have the particular skill in-house. We believe that we are able to tap into the ILN uh, family. So we are kind of sort of a 
a global law firm <laughs> right yeah. now. Yeah, as, as you see it. Um, and we are happy for that because right now when we are engaging with our clients, we also talk about Island and the fact that if there's anything that they have that we might not have in-house, we should be able to provide the service. And I think with that, we will be able to um, see some growth and expansion in terms of our client base. That's great. That's great. Um, So you've already talked about the current state of the market uh, in Uganda. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about what that has meant for your clients. Um, Lindsay, as you might know, uh, we had, uh, of course, COVID was not yesterday, but the impact of COVID is still very alive um, in everybody's mind and business. And um, when we had that outbreak last year of Ebola and then the inflation, which I believe, you know, is something that trickled around um, Africa and the rest of the world, those uh, negative uh, attributes kind of shock the economy. And what that means is that people withhold, you know, they are not ready to spend. They would rather, you know, uh, hold on to the finances that they have and maybe, postponed any activities that they may have in terms of legal and other uh, services that they may require. And because of that, uh, you find that the economy becomes slower, um, business partnerships become slower, everything becomes slower because of that. But currently, I I must say that um, coming out of uh, uh, very bad inflation, currently the inflation is about 9.4%. It was about 10.3% last year in October. Uh, When I looked at the stats, I think it's about 9.4%, which shows that there's a slight improvement. Um, Currently, what that means is that there's beginning to get a sense of um, business beginning to pick up. It's just beginning of the year as well. Uh, We are hopeful that the outlook uh, would look different. Uh, We are entering into Q2 and also from a government perspective, there's a lot of wanting to finish all the projects that were planned within the financial year because uh, preceding the reading um, of the budget, which would be in June, 30th of June uh, this year. So because of that, you'd find that all the projects that had been planned for the year, uh, those that are involved are trying to finish them within this period of time. And the ripple effect of that means that, you know, there's there could be some business coming through uh, for the lawyers and other service providers. That's great. That Yeah, that'll mm-hmm. really help. Absolutely. Yeah, um, so too. yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. So switching gears a little bit, um, what would you say is the biggest area that's related to your practice or industry that you're curious about and and why? Um, I think largely I have been curious about um, corporate governance. Um, I mentioned when I started speaking is that um, very many businesses do not live beyond the third year uh, of their existence. I don't know how it is there, but here that has that's that's a very very huge problem. Very many SMEs and startups, you know, collapse after the third. They don't go beyond the fifth year, and um, Part of the reason why is because of lack of uh, proper governance frameworks in terms of good governance, uh, the leadership, um, separation of roles, reporting lines, uh, decision making, you know, the very many family businesses, for example, which make decisions over the dining table. Mm-hmm. I know, yes, there have been businesses that have been successful uh, who make decisions at the dining table, but again, because of the lack of separation of family and business very many businesses have been uh collapsing my what we are now doing at the farm is when we get a client would even if they've instructed us on something different we try and make sure that we watch the corporate governance side of things to make sure that um, they have the right governance frameworks in place. Uh, Is the board the right one? Do they have the right skills and expertise? Do they make the decisions that they're supposed to make? How often do they make these decisions? Are they different from management? So we give that as a piece to to the businesses that we work for as a value add service um, to ensure that, you know, 
the business side of things is enabled in a better uh, governed way to make sure that everything um, moves smoothly. But as we were going on that journey recently, we encountered um, some cases with a client, a local NGO that is trying to uh, revoke guardianship orders for children that were illegal legally adopted out of Uganda. Mm -hmm. And um, when we started doing the applications, uh, taking them to court um, and seeking, you know, uh, revocation of those of those illegal orders, we decided to take a, a step back and look at the underlying reasons. And what is common in all these cases is that um, there's, there's a family at the end of it that the mother is illiterate, perhaps they se separated with the father, and uh, you know, a single mother whose children are taken away, and uh, we want to conduct a research on that in that area. Want to understand uh, what kind of protection is given to such vulnerable families. We have an Illiterate Protection Protections Act, which gives certain criteria that one is supposed to follow um, in the case of when such a person goes to court. You must make sure that they understand that whatever they are signing should be read to them in a language they understand. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we are beginning to question some of those things, but also the wider societal attitudes. Because I remember there's one application we went to court and the judge was saying, but these kids are studying in the Netherlands. The mother lives in the village here. Why don't you leave them to study um, in the Netherlands? They are happier there. And I was shocked by by that phrase, because my understanding is that are, the parent has a constitutional right for them to exercise um, their rights as a parent to this child. And therefore they have, it's a human right for them to be able to live with their child. So I was shocked to hear that the judge was making such a comment. And for me, he was already biased and wouldn't give us justice. So we are putting together a team to do a, res a wider research on that area. I think it is going to change the status quo in terms of uh, legislation and also um, societal attitudes, children in general, and uh, hoping that it will be able to introduce some new guidelines in terms of how do you treat such cases um, for children. So I've, I found it quite um, intriguing, but more so, uh, mm -hmm. When we started looking at the issues, we found that there are actually very many, the, the, the trend is the same in almost all the cases. There's a single mother who is illiterate, who has no money, who has no job, and then the children are taken away. Same, very, very same cases, very similar circumstances. So we want to take some time and look at it, and hopefully we'll be able to create some impact around that and also cause some legislative change. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds like a real passion project and, and yeah. something that's really worthwhile. Um, and yeah. I wonder too, because, you know, as you say that the, the mothers who are, are losing their children in this case are, are illiterate, if they're, if there's even an awareness yeah. on their part, um, of the rights yeah. that they have, um, to their children, mm. um, because, because they may mm. not, they may not know. So, um, okay. So, um, let's, uh, move on to, um, telling us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Uh, I, I have a large phobia for water. Oh, wow. I, 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 yeah, I, I cannot do a boat anywhere. My husband keeps teasing me and saying that um, I fear water even in a wash basin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that came from, um, but it's, I, I, I just can't, I just can't. And um, some friends of mine were telling me recently that, is, that is, you need to get over that fear and, you know, just plan a date and you know take a ride take a, a boat ride to an island somewhere but even just the idea of thinking about it oh is um yeah so any advice on that I would be grateful <laughs> I mean I understand because I have a very bad fear of heights 
So I, anytime mm-hmm. someone talks to me about having a very bad fear of something, I, as long as it's not really interfering with your life, <laughs> I, I, te- mm-hmm. I tend to be <laughs> very empathetic. So <laughs> it's one of those yeah. things where even if I don't really understand the fear, I, <laughs> I have a similar fear. So I think, well, if it's not interfering with your life, just go with it. But you fly, <laughs> you do fly, do you? But flying is, it's so funny. Flying does not bother me. It's just being up high. Otherwise I'm fine. I'm fine with flying. It's everything else. Oh, I, wow. can't, I can't, I just can't go up high anywhere else. <laughs> I know it's really funny. Well, and people have said the same, same thing to me about like, yeah. I have to get over it. I just can't. It's gotten worse as I've gotten older. So you can't, so- so you can't do bungee jumping you no can't. oh god no it makes my palms sweaty just to think about it <laughs> no. boats are fine though i can do both yeah <laughs> no bungee jumping <laughs> yeah 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 that, that now i'm feeling a little sweaty <laughs> yeah sorry about that <laughs> that's fine that's fine <laughs> Um, who has been your biggest mentor over your career? Oh, well, um, biggest mentor. That's a difficult one. Um, I think I've learned a number of things from different people, but I think um, my last boss, when I was employed in the corporate world, um, she from there I learned uh, from her, she kept saying, you're as good as your last assignment. You're as good as your last assignment. So preparation, preparation, preparation um, is key. Preparation will give you the confidence that you'll need. It gives you the self-esteem. It will give you the winning that you're looking for, for anything. So that was a powerful lesson. That's great. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Um, I think there are always two sides to something. Um, even when we 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 are doing um, we are providing advice, especially in terms of litigation, uh, as you are trying to understand your client's case, it's important to understand the opposite counsel's case the other party's case and sometimes when you look at it you'd find that there's a, a divergent point uh where whatever is taking you to court started from so don't be quick to judge um take a step all the information um sometimes it is important that clients want quick answers quick responses but sometimes it is important to get all the information, both for your case and understand the other person's case. Otherwise you'd get surprises. Yeah, and especially in the field of litigation, you don't want surprises. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I suppose in any any part of the yeah. law, it's not great to have surprises. Mm. No, oh, oh, oh. It's, it's a very bad place to be. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what would you say most people misunderstand about your field of work? Um, here in Uganda, very many people look at lawyers as, you know, you're expensive. You just want to take money away from me. Yeah. So they look at uh, having a lawyer on a transaction as a secondary issue. Um, they don't pay much attention to it. They're always looking, running after the money. And um, what I realize is that people come to us when things have gone bad, they've entered into a partnership or a deal that they can't carefully walk out of or very quickly walk out of because their hands are tied. And when you ask certain questions, they say, I didn't think that was important. I didn't think I need, I needed a lawyer in the beginning. And 
sometimes they actually lose a lot of money. <laughs> so uh, it is it is a myth that I think needs to be broken. Um, problem is I don't know who is going to do that work for us. But yes, I think lawyers, many people think lawyers are expensive and they're just a total waste of time. They just come and say so many words and then send you a fee note, but that's not the case. And I think too, I mean, your point earlier about the work that you're doing with corporate governance advice is so important. Yeah. And I, I think lawyers do end up being very expensive if you don't bring them in early on. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. if you're there to fix problems, then that's going to be much more expensive mm -hmm. than if you're there in the beginning to prevent problems. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, can you tell me about a client that changed your practice? Ah, I think I've actually talked about that. I went off and talked about um, that NGO that we are working with. Um, I've always looked at myself as a corporate lawyer. Um, you know, I look at a transaction, look at a due diligence. Um, a new company wants to enter into the market and I'll get onto the assignment. But after doing um, that work that I've just spoken about for that NGO, um, it's not entirely going to change my practice, but I think um, that made me feel that I need to empathize more um, with, 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 with people. Um, of course, as lawyers, it's important for us to empathize, but again, remain professional as we uh, provide the advice. But that helped me to think beyond um, the application that I'm filing in court. I am filing an application for a revocation of a guardianship order or an adoption order, an international adoption order for a child that was taken, let's say, to Greece. But beyond that, there are other extraneous factors that are very important in terms of this case, in terms of this story. And uh, I always take now the time to get the whole picture and look at the story. Sometimes I've also noticed that as someone comes, a client comes to you with a particular problem. But when you dig deeper, you find that there, there's a pattern perhaps either historically or chronologically or in their relationships, you know, that you need to pay attention to, let's say, for example, in the way that you engage with them, in the way that you respond to them, in the way that you provide the advice, you might find that there are other facets to the, to the story. So uh, while I am looking at this client in front of me, uh, I now take an extra step to try and, you know, look behind this person. Um, is there anything else that that I'm, I need to pay attention to as I engage um, with these lawyers? It sounds a little old school, but I think it is more uh, wholesome. It is more wholesome. And um, I find that you add more value as a lawyer to an individual when they come to you and then you look. And sometimes I think <laughs> we give more beyond uh, being lawyers. Sometimes you just have to sit and listen. Sometimes someone just needs, we have clients who come to us and they just need someone to first, you know, talk to um, as, as, as telling what someone in the office the other day that sometimes I feel like a counselor and I need perhaps to charge for that. But then you realize that when you talk to someone, they actually feel, they feel better. Yeah. So I, I find that quite gratifying. And whenever I'm able to do that, I take off the time. I can give an example. We have a client who has um, a lot, a lot of business, but again, there he, he his business has very many cases in court over debt, lack of uh, payment. You know, he he missed his obligations in contract X. Construction contract went bad, and there are so many, and it's so disruptive. So I recall that I, I sat down with him. Uh, I think about two weeks ago. I just want to talk to you and understand you know, why are you in this position? I mean, tell me more about your family, your background, and my goodness. When we finally, we had a, almost like a three hour discussion 
And what came out is that there were other, you know, societal, social issues that were the reason why he was in that position, you know? And I said, no, we need to organize your business. You need to get out of court because it's very disruptive. You're not moving forward. You have to pay damages and penalties and da, 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 da. So I find that um, as lawyers, yes, we, we bill for time, but um, sometimes if you're looking at adding value to someone, it is important to understand all the sides of the coin. Take time. And that's business development too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's really great. So mm -hmm. to wrap up, um, can you tell me one thing that you've got going on right now that you're really enjoying that has nothing to do with work? Oh God, what is that? I know. Um, <laughs> um I found some nice YouTube videos on um on yoga with very good um calming music. Um when I'm not going to the gym or I'm not running, I I do that. And oh my goodness, it is so refreshing. I feel the blood flowing in my veins when I go to bed. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, um, I, I, that's, that's my newfound love. Uh, I've done it for the last two weeks and I've really, really enjoyed it. And I don't intend to stop. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you so much, Brenda. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure. Um, yeah. I really appreciate it. And um, thank you so much to yeah. all of our listeners. We will be back next week with another guest and please take a moment to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts thank you so much thank you very much hello and welcome to the law firm intelligence podcast i'm your host lindsey griffiths executive director with the international lawyers network our guest this week is one of our returning guests, Brenda Mpanga from BNM Advocates in Kampala, Uganda. Brenda, welcome back. We're so happy to have you back with us. And oh. uh, thanks for joining us again. Um, for those people who are, are those of our listeners who haven't um, had the pleasure of listening to your last podcast, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and your practice? Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you very much for having me. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are best. I'm very happy to be here. Um, it's afternoon in Kampala, uh, bright and sunny. Uh, we thank God for that. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, about me, my name is Brenda Mpanga, like Lindsay has said. I am a, the founder and managing partner, uh, BNM Advocates. Um, Female-led and largely female law practice based in the heart of Kampala. We serve corporate clients, uh, both within Uganda, uh, Africa, and the rest of the world. Um, we are happy to be here. We've been in the Ugandan market for seven years now. That's right. You just celebrated an anniversary on the 1st of March, right? Yes, yes. We are happy to have been in the market for that period of time. As you know, uh, perhaps you could know that very many businesses that start up, especially in Africa, don't live beyond their third year. So we are happy that you know we 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 are not part of that statistic, um, and happy to be moving forward, growing, and hoping for bigger and better things. Congratulations! That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, uh, what given that, what would you say is your biggest challenge at the moment, and uh, how are you working to overcome that? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest challenges, and I believe it's a challenge that every lawyer in practice faces, is business development, growing the client base. Um, that is something that no one tells you about at law school. And then you start up this business and it is the largest part of the work that you are supposed to do. It is There's no science to it. There's no book that will teach you how to do it. But you need to set apart time to do that. So that is one of our biggest challenges. Um, and I think uh, being where we are currently in Uganda, the economy is not helping. Uh, we we had, um, last year we had uh, an Ebola outbreak 
and inflation, I think in Q2, Q1, Q2, and part of Q3. So all those things lumped up together do not help the fact that you're trying to, you know, to look this for this client to grow your client um, portfolio. So it, that's one of the biggest challenges that we're currently facing. Yeah, absolutely. That's that is yeah. a real challenge. So yeah. how are you? How are you working on on facing that? Yeah. Um, Again, like I've said, there's no science to business development. You just need to be deliberate about it. And what I have done as managing partner is to structure my time, uh, my week. I must make sure that 50% of that time is set apart for business development. I have also encouraged the team. We've come up with a reward and recognition policy where if you are involved in business development and there are fruits therein, uh, you will be rewarded and recognized for that. I think that has helped a lot. That has helped. Internally, we are doing that. Then externally, of course, we are happy to be part of um, the ILN family. Uh, I believe that that move, one of all, first of all, has increased our credibility. Our brand has improved uh, visibility. The fact that we are a, we are part of a family of um lawyers spread all over the globe where we can be able to tap into um, a legal skill that we may not have in-house. This is very useful in terms of being able to have the potential and ability to engage uh, even with clients with whom we don't have the particular skill in-house. We believe that we are able to tap into the ILN uh, family. So we are kind of sort of a a global law firm <laughs> right yeah. now, yeah, as, as you see it. Um, and we are happy for that because right now when we are engaging with our clients, we also talk about Ireland and the fact that if there's anything that they have that we might not have in-house, we should be able to provide the service. And I think with that, we will be able to um, see some growth and expansion in terms of our client base. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, so you've already talked about the current state of the market uh, in yeah. Uganda. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what that has meant for your clients. Um, Lindsay, as you might know, uh, we've we had a, of course COVID is not was not yesterday, but it, it the impact of COVID is still very alive um, in everybody's mind and business. And um, when we had that outbreak last year of Ebola and then the inflation, which I believe you know is something that trickled around um, Africa and the rest of the world, those uh, negative uh, attributes kind of shock the economy. And what that means is that people withhold, you know, they are not ready to spend. They would rather, you know, uh, hold on to the finances that they have and maybe. Um, postponed any activities that they may have in terms of legal and other services that they may require. And because of that, uh, you find that the economy becomes slower, um, business partnerships become slower, everything becomes slower because of that. But currently, I, I must say that um, coming out of uh, uh, very bad inflation, currently the inflation is about 9. 9.4%. It was about 10.3% uh, last year in October. Uh, when I looked at the stats, I think it's about 9.4%, which shows that there's a slight improvement. Um, currently, what that means is that there's beginning to get a sense of um, business beginning to pick up. It's just beginning of the year as well. Uh, we are hopeful that the outlook uh, would look different. Uh, we are entering into Q2 and also from a government perspective there's a lot of wanting to finish all the projects that were planned within the financial year because uh, preceding the reading um, of the budget which would be in June 30th of June uh, this year so because of that you'd find that all the projects that had been planned for the year uh, those that are involved are trying to finish them within this period of time and the ripple effect of that means that, you know, there's there could be some business coming through uh, for the lawyers and other service providers. That's great. That Yeah, that'll mm -hmm. really help. Absolutely. Um, um, so too. Yeah, yeah, certainly. 
Um, so switching gears a little bit, um, what would you say is the biggest area that's related to your practice or industry that you're curious about and, and why? Um, I think largely I have been curious about um, corporate governance. Um, I mentioned when I started speaking is that um, very many businesses do not live beyond the third year uh, of their existence. I don't know how it is there, but here that has that's that's a very very huge problem. Very many SMEs and startups, you know, collapse after the third. They don't go beyond the fifth year, and um, part of the reason why is because of lack of. Uh, proper governance frameworks in terms of good governance, uh, the leadership, um, separation of roles, reporting lines, uh, decision-making, you know, the very many family businesses, for example, which make decisions over the dining table. Mm -hmm. I know, yes, there have been businesses that have been successful uh, who make decisions at the dining table, but again, because of the lack of separation of family and business, very many businesses have been uh, collapsing. My, what we are now doing at the farm is when we get a client, we'll, even if they've instructed us on something different, we try and make sure that we watch the corporate governance side of things to make sure that um, they have the right governance frameworks in place. Uh, is the board the right one? Do they have the right skills and expertise? Do they make the decisions that they're supposed to make? How often do they make these decisions? Are they different from management? So we give that as a piece to, uh, to the businesses that we work for as a value add service um, to ensure that, you know, the business side of things is enabled in a better uh, governed way to make sure that everything um, moves smoothly. But as we were going on that journey recently, we encountered um, some cases with a client, a local NGO that is trying to uh, revoke guardianship orders for children that were illegally adopted out of Uganda. And um, when we started doing the applications, uh, taking them to court um, and seeking, you know, a revocation of those of those illegal orders, we decided to take a, a step back and look at the underlying reasons. And what is common in all these cases is that um, there's there's a family at the end of it that the mother is illiterate, perhaps they separated with the father, and uh, you know, a single mother whose children are taken away. And uh, we want to conduct a research on that in that area, want to understand uh, what kind of protection is given to such vulnerable families. We have an Illiterate Protect Protections Act, which gives certain criteria that one is supposed to follow um, in the case of when such a person goes to court, you must make sure that they understand that whatever they are signing should be read to them in a language they understand. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we are beginning to question some of those things, but also the wider societal attitudes. Because I remember there's one application we went to court and the judge was saying, but these kids are studying in the Netherlands. The mother lives in the village here. Why don't you leave them to study um, in the Netherlands? They are happier there. And I was shocked by by that phrase, because my understanding is that they are, the parent has a constitutional right for them to exercise um, their rights as a parent to this child. And therefore they have, it's a human right for them to be able to live with their child. So I was shocked to hear that the judge was making such a comment. And for me, he was already biased and wouldn't give us justice. So we are putting together a team to do a, res a wider research on that area. I think it is going to change the status quo in terms of uh, legislation and also um, societal attitudes, children in general, and uh, hoping that it will be able to introduce some new guidelines in terms of how do you treat such cases um, for children. So I've, I found it quite um, intriguing, but more so... Uh, when we started looking at the issues, we found that there are actually very many, the, the, the trend is the same in almost all the cases. There's a single mother who is illiterate, who has no money, who has no job, and then the children are taken away. 
same very very same cases very similar circumstances so we want to take some time and look at it and hopefully we'll be able to create some impact around that and also cause some legislative change so i'm excited about that yeah that's i mean that sounds like a real passion project and and something yeah. that's really worthwhile um and i wonder too because you know as you say that the the mothers who are are losing their children in this case are are illiterate if they're if there's even an awareness yeah. on their part um of the rights yeah. that they have um to their children mm. um because because they may mm. not they may not know so um, okay so um let's uh move on to um telling us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know I I have a large phobia for water. Oh wow! I I, I yeah. I, I cannot do a boat anywhere. My husband keeps teasing me and saying that um, I fear water even in a wash basin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that came from. Um, but it's I I, I just can't. I just can't. And um. Some friends of mine were telling me recently that is that is you need to get over that fear and you know just plan a debt and you know take a ride take a, a boat ride to an island somewhere, but even just the idea of thinking about it oh is um yeah so any advice on that I would be grateful. <laughs> I mean I understand because I have a very bad fear of heights. So I, anytime mm-hmm. someone talks to me about having a very bad fear of something, I, as long as it's not really interfering with your life, <laughs> I, t- mm-hmm. I tend to be very <laughs> empathetic. So <laughs> it's one of those yeah. things where even if I don't really understand the fear, I, <laughs> I have a similar fear. So I think, well, if it's not interfering with your life, just go with it. But you fly, <laughs> you do fly, do you? Flying is, it's so funny. Flying does not bother me. It's just being up high. Otherwise I'm fine. I'm fine with flying. It's everything else. I can't, I I just can't go up high anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's really funny. And people have said the same, same thing to me about like, I have to get over it. I just can't. It's gotten worse as I've gotten older. So you can't, so you can't do bungee jumping. You no. Can't. Oh God, no! It makes my palms sweaty <laughs> just to think about it. <laughs> no. Boats are fine though. I can do both. Yeah. <laughs> no bungee jumping. <laughs> yeah. 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 That that now I'm feeling a little sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Um, who has been your biggest mentor over your career? Oh, well, um, biggest mentor, that's a difficult one. Um, I think I've learned a number of things from different people, but I think um, my last boss, when I was employed in the corporate world, um, she from there I learned uh, from her, she kept saying, you're as good as your last assignment. You're as good as your last assignment. So preparation, preparation, preparation um, is key. Preparation will give you the confidence that you'll need. It gives you the self-esteem. It will give you the winning that you're looking for, for anything. So that was a powerful lesson. That's great. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Um, I think there are always two sides to something. Um, even when we 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 are doing um, we are providing advice, especially in terms of litigation, uh, as you are trying to understand your client's case, it's important to understand the opposite counsel's case, the other party's case. And sometimes when you look at it, you'd find that there's a a divergent point uh, where 
whatever is taking you to court started from. So don't be quick to judge. Um, take a step with all the information. Um, sometimes it is important that clients want quick answers, quick responses, but sometimes it is important to get all the information, both for your case and understand the other person's case. Otherwise, you'd get surprises. Yeah, and especially in the field of litigation, you don't want surprises. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, I suppose in any any part of the yeah. law, it's not great to have surprises. Mm. No, oh, oh, oh. It's, it's a very bad place to be. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what would you say most people misunderstand about your field of work? Um, here in Uganda, very many people look at lawyers as, you know, you're expensive. You just want to take money away from me. Yeah. So they look at uh, having a lawyer on a transaction as a secondary issue. Um, they don't pay much attention to it. They're always looking, running after the money. And, um, what I realize is that people come to us when things have gone bad, they've entered into a partnership or a deal that they can't carefully walk out of or very quickly walk out of because their hands are tied. And when you ask certain questions, they say, I didn't think that was important. I didn't think I, need, I needed a lawyer in the beginning. And sometimes they actually lose a lot of money. <laughs> so uh, it, is, it is a myth that I think needs to be broken. Um, problem is I don't know who is going to do that work for us. But yes, I think lawyers, many people think lawyers are expensive and they're just a total waste of time. They just come and say so many words and then send you a fee note, but that's not the case. And I think too, I mean, your point earlier about the work that you're doing with corporate <laughs> governance advice is so important. Yeah. And I, I yeah. think, lawyers do end up being very expensive if you don't bring them in early on yeah because mm -hmm. if you're there to fix problems then that's going to be much more expensive mm -hmm. than if you're there in the beginning to prevent problems exactly yeah exactly. yeah um can you tell me about a client that changed your practice ah <sighs> I think I've actually talked about that. I went off and talked about um, that NGO that we are working with. Um, I've always looked at myself as a corporate lawyer. Um, you know, I look at a transaction, look at a due diligence. Um, a, a new company wants to enter into the market and I'll get onto the assignment. But after doing um, that work that I've just spoken about for that NGO, um, it's not entirely going to change my practice, but I think um, that made me feel that I need to empathize more um, with, 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 with people. Um, of course, as lawyers, it's important for us to empathize, but again, remain professional as we uh, provide the advice. But that helped me to think beyond um, the application that I'm filing in court. I am filing an application for a revocation of a guardianship order or an adoption order, an international adoption order for a child that was taken, let's say, to Greece. But beyond that, there are other extraneous factors that are very important in terms of this case, in terms of this story. And uh, I always take now the time to get the whole picture and look at the story. Sometimes I've also noticed that as someone comes, a client comes to you with a particular problem, but when you dig deeper, you find that there, there's a pattern perhaps, either historically or chronologically or in their relationships, you know, that you need to pay attention to. Let's say, for example, in the way that you engage with them, in the way that you respond to them, in the way that you provide the advice, you might find that there are other facets to the to the story. So 
while I am looking at this client in front of me, uh, I now take an extra step to try and you know look behind this person. Um, is there anything else that that I'm, I need to pay attention to as I engage um, with these lawyers? It sounds a little old school, but I think it is more uh, wholesome. It is more wholesome, and um, I find that you add more value as a lawyer to an individual when they come to you, and then you look. And sometimes I think <laughs> we give more beyond uh, being lawyers. Sometimes you just have to sit and listen. Sometimes someone just needs, we have clients who come to us and they just need someone to first, you know, talk to. Um, as 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 telling what someone in the office the other day that sometimes I feel like a counselor and I need perhaps to charge for that. But then you realize that when you talk to someone, they actually feel they feel better. Yeah. So I, I find that quite gratifying. And whenever I'm able to do that, I take off the time. I can give an example. We have a client who has um, a lot, a lot of business, but again, there, he, he, his business has very many cases in court of uh, debt, lack of uh, payment. You know, he, he missed his obligations in contract X, construction contract went bad. And there are so many, and it's so disruptive. So I recall that I, I sat down with him, uh, I think about two weeks ago, I just want to talk to you and understand you know, why are you in this position? I mean, tell me more about your family, your background, and my goodness, when we finally, we had a, almost like a three hour discussion. And what came out is that there were other, you know, societal, social issues that were the reason why he was in that position, you know? And I said, no, we need to organize your business you need to get out of court because it's very disruptive. You're not moving forward. You have to pay damages and penalties and da, 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 da. So I find that um, as lawyers, yes, we, we bill for time, but um, sometimes if you're looking at adding value to someone, it is important to understand all the sides of the coin. Take time. And that's business development too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's really great. So mm -hmm. to wrap up, um, can you tell me one thing that you've got going on right now that you're really enjoying that has nothing to do with work? <laughs> oh God, what is that? I know. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I found some nice YouTube videos on, um, on yoga with very good um, calming music. Um, when I'm not going to the gym or I'm not running, I I do that. And oh my goodness, it is so refreshing. I feel the blood flowing in my veins when I go to bed. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, um, I, that's, that's my newfound love. Uh, I've done it for the last two weeks and I've really, really enjoyed it. And I don't intend to stop. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you so much, Brenda. Yeah. This has been a real pleasure. Um, yeah. I really appreciate it. And, um, thank you so much to yeah. all of our listeners. We will be back next week with another guest and please take a moment to rate review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.